It's Britney, bitch. The Oscar goes to. And the Grammy goes to. The winner is. 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 And the winner is. What's it like to see your luggage? Sometimes. That means sometimes. There can be a hundred people in a room. Maybe there is right now. I know it's tuna, but it, it says chicken. I don't know her. She always has these long lists of like diva demands. Cheetos and Doritos. Great gowns, beautiful gowns. I understand you embrace the term diva. Yes. Hello, divas, and welcome back to another episode of Diva Dailies. This is a podcast where we deconstruct divas on film and TV. I'm your host, Steffi, and this week we have another special guest co-host. Everybody, welcome, Stefan. Hi, everybody. Before we get into the episode, I just wanted to do a little housekeeping business. If you guys aren't already subscribed to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to, please make sure you're subscribed to us. Also, if you're interested in following the podcast, we can be found on Instagram and Twitter. We're at Diva Daily's Pod. And if you want to email us your thoughts or concerns or any questions you may have about any particular diva movie we've covered thus far, you can email us divadailyspod at gmail.com. And we also have a diva hotline where you can leave a voicemail. It's 714-729-3100. Okay, so Stefan, why don't you tell the people at home who may be listening or in the car, wherever they are, just a little bit about yourself? Yeah, well, uh, I'm born and raised Minnesotan, and uh, I'm just very excited for this opportunity. I've wanted to do a podcast for a really long time, and this is perfect one. Steffi, we've we've known each other how long? Probably two years about. Yeah. The first videos of yours that I found were your reactions to uh, Black Mirror. I want to say it was the nosedive episode. Oh man, wow, that is a throwback. where I discovered you. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's a long time ago. Yeah, it's like 2017, I think, is when that would have been. Uh huh. Long time ago. I remember you had a, a hat on. Yeah, I think I like had a beanie on because it was like cold for California. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. And uh, I've always been a big Britney. Spears fan. Oh, perfect. And I really love this era. This era of Britney Spears really has always fascinated me. Oh, great. Okay, wonderful. So I cannot wait to talk to you about Britney. I'm not going to lie. Lisa, if this is the first episode you guys are listening to, Lisa used to be my former co-host. And a lot of you who have listened to previous episodes know that my, my girl is Whitney. But Lisa's girl was Britney. So (laughs) (laughs) I was always kind of like looking forward to this particular episode to do with Lisa because she just like loves Britney so much. In fact, Lisa was the one who introduced me to Crossroads. But I'm happy at least that I have you on here with me and you're a Britney fan as well. Well, I hope I can do her justice. I'm sure you can. (laughs) You'll make Brit Brit proud. Yeah. Well, do you want to share your social media handle with people? if you want them to follow you or no uh scream forever is my twitter handle i'm not on twitter a lot but i follow diva dailies so i can be found on there comment from time to time so yeah if you want to follow me go ahead i want to ask you who are like some of your favorite divas favorite divas uh i mean britney spears of course mm-hmm. oh well well yeah we, we mentioned her well, I, I don't know if i'd call her diva but laura dern oh yeah laura dern yeah. i'll call her a diva <laughs> 
Oh, uh, Kate Winslet. Oh, of course. Yeah. Maybe we'll have you on for a, a Kate Winslet-centric episode. Yes. Those are some um, really great divas. I think we should move on to our first segment of the pod, and it's our Oscar and Razzie moment of the week. And this is a segment where we talk about our personal high point and low point moments of the week. So, Stefan, since you're the guest, why don't you go first? You could start with either or. Yeah, my Oscar moment of the week is, I would say... Uh, my podcast debut. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, it's something I've wanted to do a really long time. You know, kind of the history behind it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, you do. And yeah, I'm so happy to do this with you. You know, it's it's kind of surreal interacting with you one-on-one <laughs> oh. finally after just all this time it's yeah I know because like we've been talking more or less through like YouTube live streams but the fact that now I'm actually like talking to you and I can hear your voice I'm like wow Stefan's a real person <laughs> well do you want to get into your Razzie moment of the week yes I mean the elephant in the room obviously everything that's going on my office today close down with what's happening. I know I'm, I'm going to go back, but it's, you know, it's hard to leave these people that I've become so attached to for an undetermined amount of time. Right. And it was a job that I, you know, I, I love it. I didn't expect to love it as much as I do, you know, so it's just kind of that uncertainty right now. Mm-hmm. And just with what's going on in the world, I went to Subway the other day on my break to get a sandwich and I almost burst into tears when I thanked the guy for being there working. I'm trying not to worry about getting sick and spreading it to other people. Right. One of my favorite quotes is, uh, there's nothing to fear but fear itself. Mm. I think that's a very powerful thing. I think the the mass hysteria uh, is potentially more worrisome or at least just as much. Yeah, that's that's really true. Especially like right now because I feel like this is kind of a a first yeah. in a lot of ways. I mean, for us, I would say like in California, like when they closed Disneyland down, that right. was like a pretty big deal. I was like, oh no, this is scary. Has anything like for where you live been like shut down where you were like, oh, this is serious? I mean, I guess the Mall of America. Has Mall of America ever been like closed before or? Uh, not that I know of. I don't think it was even, even after 9-11. Wow. It even shut down. Yeah, well, hopefully if you guys are listening to this and you're social distancing, you might feel some sort of like that there's like people around. That's what I like to do. Like whenever I'm like by myself and I I start to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm by myself. I'll usually like turn on a podcast or like a YouTube video in the background or something to kind of like fool my mind into thinking that there's people in the room. I don't know if that's like a weird thing. Not at all. That's just like what I tend to do. No, absolutely. And yeah, that's and I think it's what a lot of people are doing right now. Yeah. To you, you have to keep your sanity. Mm -hmm. Well, I will say, let's see. My Oscar moment of the week is that in spite of the social distancing, I actually, I don't know, there's a part of me that actually kind of likes being inside. Oh, absolutely. Like, I'm just like, wow, this isn't too bad. Now you can ask me again once we get (laughs) to like. Wait till this episode is dropped and then we'll see. Yeah, my opinion (laughs) might change by the time this comes out. But as of right now, at the time of recording this, not too bad. But then I will say my Razzie moment of the week is it's like one general thing, but there's like two sub bullet points under it. So basically my Razzie moment of the week is that a lot of my pop culture entertainment things that have been like recently been fueling me in some way I'm now complete with. So first I recently finished watching Fleabag 
which Stefan, do you watch Fleabag? I have not started watching it. Oh, I'll admit. Oh my god, you need to watch it. It's so good. <laughs> I probably will have the time now. Yeah, yes. I mean, like, I'm not just saying that, too, because it's on my YouTube channel. I would recommend this show to anyone, period, after watching it. It's so it's so good. Like, it was to the point where when I was editing my, like, last video where I was talking about it, I literally, like, started to cry because I realized in that moment I will never get to experience that show for the first time ever again. Like, it was really, it was really like someone was, someone, something was leaving me. So I felt kind of empty. I can understand that feeling. Yes, absolutely. And then the second thing that I finished was, for those of you guys who've been listening to the podcast, we've spent like the past couple weeks or so talking about Whitney. And when I finished editing the last Whitney-centric episode, there was a moment when I was like, wow, that's it. <laughs> never, well, not never again, but it's going to be, I'm, I'm going to give a lot of time before we circle back to Whitney. But I was just like, dang, what a journey. But yeah. That chapter has now come to a close and it's very, very bittersweet. But now we've moved on to other divas. And now we're going to move on to actually talking about our diva and movie of the week. Yes. Yes, Britney. It's Britney, bitch. And now our feature presentation. I'm going to get out of this town, go all the way to California. How are you going to get there? I found a route with this guy. What? You can't go by yourself with some guy. So then come with me. Are you serious? Yes. The movie that we're going to be talking about this week is Crossroads. Paramount Pictures and Zomba Films present, in association with MTV Films, a story about the dreams that drive us. I wanted to find my mom. I know she wants to see me, but she's just scared. Can I help you? It's me, Mama. Lucy. The places life takes us. What we have is now. And right now, we have each other. And the friends that go the distance. We don't have enough money to get the car fixed. I have an idea. All right, next contestants. Britney Spears, Anson Mount, Zoe Saldana, Taryn Manning. Crossroads. Crossroads is a coming-of-age buddy comedy road trip movie that follows three teenage girls who decide to take a last-minute road trip from Georgia to L.A. along the way, finding themselves and their friendship. Crossroads stars our diva of the week, Miss Britney Spears. It's Britney, bitch. It's Britney, bitch. Yes, it's Britney, bitch. <laughs> it's Britney, bitch. It also stars Anson Mount, Zoe Zaldana, Taryn Manning, Kim Cattrall, Dan Aykroyd, and Justin Long. And we also see supermodel Beverly Johnson as Zoe Zaldana's mom very briefly in the movie. And a, a brief appearance by uh, Jesse Camp. Yes. Remember when he was a thing? Well, he, he was a little, maybe a little before your time, but 
he was a thing somehow. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, the movie was produced by MTV Films, which is an interesting little tidbit there. And it was directed by Tamara Davis, who also directed movies like Billy Madison and Half Baked. Uh, she now directs a lot of TV. And I looked and apparently she recently directed an episode of High School Musical, the musical, the series, which I guess in a way kind of fits with the whole music movie genre. Yeah. And then... Of course, of course, this movie was written by Shonda Rhimes. Yes, that's Shonda Rhimes. From uh, Scandal and whatnot. Yes, Scandal, Grey's Anatomy, How to Get Away with Murder, TGIT. Mm -hmm. It's Shonda Rhimes. Well, now, Stefan, I get to ask you, when did you see this movie for the first time? Okay, so I did not see it in theaters, and I'll tell you why. Okay. So Kyle, he's one of my best and longest friends. Wow. We were both huge Britney Spears fans. Huge. And uh, we wanted to go, and I think... I think for whatever reason, his mom like didn't want us to see it. I don't know if she thought it was exploited. I think there was the rumor of like how Britney Spears had like a topless scene or wanted to go topless in this movie. Oh, really? Wow, I didn't even know that that was a thing. Yeah, I remember hearing that. Wow. It was an urban legend, I think. But uh, yeah, so we never saw it in theaters. So we rented it when it came out and, you know, just watched it at his house. Mm -hmm. Nothing really too exciting, I suppose. I remember the promotion around the movie was just so, so much. Were you like, in like middle school or were you in like high school like what was around like i was in ninth grade oh wow so you were just a freshman oh my gosh that's uh -huh. so cute i love it <laughs> so were you okay so after you watched the movie then the vhs ends and you're sitting in kyle's room what were your initial impressions <sighs> good question <laughs> <laughs> i mean it really uh i will say that Britney Spears definitely did give it her all. Yeah. She played, I think, like the version of herself that we wanted to believe was her. Mm -hmm. It frequently got compared to Glitter. Yes. It was released so, so close. They were released so close apart. That's so crazy to me, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. funny yeah and this this one got compared more favorably i remember right but i feel i feel like glitter has aged a bit better than this especially if you look like the audience scores on rotten tomatoes for glitter versus crossroads mm. you can definitely tell that why do you think that is i mean i know uh mariah carey her fans have really kind of come around to glitter and she has even too recently like with the re-releasing of the soundtrack right and uh Britney Spears just doesn't seem to really acknowledge it. Oh, really? Does she not like the movie or is she just kind of like, nah? Kind of just nah, I guess. I know um, uh, Zoe Saldana or Taryn Manning a few years ago, they kind of humorously pitched the idea of a sequel. Oh, okay. Would you ever collaborate with Britney Spears? Because people would freak out about that Crossroads connection. Would you, you mean all like of us? Fans? Yeah. I would do Crossroads too. Don't remember if Britney Spears had a response to that. Be interesting what they could do with that. Yeah. It is interesting to think about Crossroads and Glitter, like comparing the two. But yeah, I, I would completely agree with you. I feel like Mariah's fans are so like, they're a very fervent passionate bunch and they've had the the power to move mountains when it comes to mariah so that's probably why glitter was able to have a second life of some sort whereas crossroads is kind of, i feel like it's kind of been left well not necessarily like left left in the past but it's just like kind of just there you know yeah and i i feel like you know britney spears i mean well because britney spears has kind of like 
become a bit of a recluse. Yeah. I, uh, I feel like that maybe her fans are not, maybe not quite as loyal. She is not, does not have the cross generational appeal. Mm. Right. Like Mariah Carey or Whitney Houston certainly has had. Right. Yeah. For me, the first time I saw this movie was for any of you guys who have listened to the previous episodes of the podcast, you'll know I used to have a former co-host. Her name was Lisa. And Lisa and I used to do this thing when we were like in college called People's Couch. It's pretty much based off of that show on Bravo called People's Couch where like they would like film themselves watching something. Which now everybody does on Yeah, on YouTube. Now that's like an actual thing. (laughs) Yeah, so... Lisa and I used to do People's Couch and this would be the time where we would show each other our movies or our shows that we were watching. And this was the thing that Lisa had introduced me to was Crossroads because her diva was Britney. This was around like 2016. I didn't watch this movie when it first came out. I think when this movie came out, it's like 2002. So I think I was like eight. Yeah, I was definitely like in the Target demo of well, like maybe like a little bit younger, but still like around that age range Target demo of like the Britneys and the Christinas and the Jessica Simpsons. But I wasn't like really going out of my way to watch a Britney Spears movie. But the first time when I watched Crossroads in 2016, I was older than eight. And um, I just remember thinking, hmm, that was interesting. <laughs> I really have too many profound thoughts about Crossroads at the time. This is, this is a thing. This is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like more so like, wow, that that happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I was more so at the time really interested in the fact that this was written by Shonda Rhimes. Right. Because like Shonda is now at like such a different point in her career. Like she's so prolific. (laughs) And to think like, wow, that's where she started is like kind of crazy. Definitely. Everybody starts somewhere, I guess. Hey, absolutely. Okay, so now let's jump into some scenes. So I want to know what's your first scene? This this kind of is more broad and it's kind of generally in the, the beginning of the movie though. Yeah. The uh, scene with her and and Justin Long, I think his name was Henry, mm-hmm. when they were in the hotel room, right? It wasn't prom. Yeah, I think it was gra- like a graduation party of some sort. <laughs> Please don't laugh. You're, you're killing this. No, don't you want your first time to be special? Well, yeah, but this is special. Listen, do you want to spend the rest of your life knowing that you did it for the first time with your lab partner? I can't imagine a universe <laughs> where Britney Spears would not be one of the popular girls in school. I'm sorry. Okay, that's a really great point because I remember when I first watched this movie with Lisa, when they revealed the fact that Britney Spears was the valedictorian. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that is probably like the furthest reach. I know. (laughs) I couldn't. Did you practice your speech? I almost have it. Lucy, how's it going to look if the valedictorian messes up her speech? I'll admit, I uh, I re-listened to another, I don't mean to plug another podcast. No, go ahead, great, go ahead. How did this get made? Right, I was actually listening to that because I remember you suggested that I listen to it, so. They compared it to like when Denise Richards was <laughs> like a nuclear physicist or whatever and the world is not enough. I Yeah, I'm just like, really? And... You know, it's funny because I remember, okay, I am not ashamed to admit, Mm -hmm. I had, as a kid, the Britney Spears, like, VHS special. It was called Time Out with Britney Spears. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Time Out with Britney Spears? What is that? (laughs) 
so before the internet was very prolific, you could get like VHSs of different groups or artists and it would be kind of like a stripped down, you know, this is who I am. They would ask questions. You feel like you get to know them as a kid. It's like fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> She was asked the question, was I popular in high school? Um, I don't think so. You know, I had my friends. And and then she brings up how, like, when she was a freshman in high school, she got asked to prom by a senior and went. And Oh, my God. Was that popular in high school? Um, I don't think so. I mean... I- I mean, to a certain extent. Actually, I left school kind of when you started getting, like, you know, the popular crowd, like, in high school. Because, like, I was in the ninth grade, and that's when, you know, you started going to homecomings and proms and stuff like that. Right when this older guy, he asked me to um, homecoming, I thought I was everything. You know, and I thought I was popular then or whatever. Even as a kid, I'm, like, rolling my eyes. I'm like, yeah, honey, like, (laughs) you would ever admit to something like that. Right. And I'm I'm sure she was extremely popular. I mean, I'm I'm willing to be proven even wrong but if there's any anybody grew up with britney spears you know let us know spill the tea <laughs> yeah please spill the tea we'll have you on <laughs> we don't mean to stereotype and be like there's no way someone like her could be valedictorian when i was in high school a lot of the popular kids were also high achieving in academics or yeah were you know in sports as well so i mean i could buy that she was that but the fact that she was not one of the popular girls with uh with kit right i i just i i couldn't really buy that yeah no that's a that's a great point my scene kind of ties in in a way with yours because it just takes place a little like just a smidge before your scene but it actually isn't even a britney spears scene it's a well i guess she's in the scene but it's that little not a whole monologue but zoe zaldana's character kit she kind of like runs into britney and justin in the halls mm-hmm. and she kind of goes on this whole like virginal speech hello can you just watch where you're going you ran into me kid what you're too perfect to bump into anybody what perfect sweet proper nerdy and virginal i'm not you're a virgin <laughs> i told y'all <laughs> It shows you they were really pushing the image they wanted of Britney Spears. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny. And, it's, you know, this is trying to cover up, you know, it was the whole rumor where she, the report she had breast implants. And that was never, wow, that was never confirmed or denied, right? Oh, I don't, I don't know. There's one subject we didn't discuss. Mm-hmm. What was that? Everyone's talking about it. Right. Well, your breasts if you look at her in baby one more time and then to like sometimes the music videos, mm-hmm. how much she grabbed remember how Saturday night live. Oh, did they do a skit about her? <laughs> the opening monologue. She was like, I want to address some rumors about me. You know, it is so cool to be hosting Saturday night live because I happen to be a very big fan of this show. And now that I'm here, I think this is a perfect place for me to clear up some crazy, crazy rumors. I keep hearing about myself. Like that I can't perform without lip syncing. And she's like, the other one is that my boobs are fake. That is ridiculous. And then they like, they show like moving around, like rippling. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's so funny. I want to look that up now. It's hilarious. Oh yeah, there's one more. Oh yeah, the one about my boobs being fake. That is just ridiculous. I mean, (laughs) come on. I'm 18. But 
yeah, I I wanted to to talk about this particular scene because I felt like I guess overall in the movie, I felt like they tried to make Britney's character be so many like different kinds of people. Mm-hmm. Like they have her like first of all, she's like valedictorian, sweet, innocent, sheltered girl. And we get like several of those scenes of people being like, you're just so innocent, aren't you? But then we also at the same time get scenes where she kind of like contradicts that like the scene that you were talking about with Justin Long and she goes to the it's like upstairs of some like hotel right and they're like prepping to try and like lose their virginity to each other and then there's that god-awful musical cue with Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On it's just like oh my god that annoys me so much there's just something about that musical cue that just annoys me Henry are you ready I'm ready I like that you bring up this point because I'm going to mention that in another scene. Sure. Yeah, this, uh, how she, how her character kind of contradicts herself. Yeah. With that particular musical cue, I felt like they're just like trying so hard to kind of like sex her up. So she's being those two different people. And then later in the movie, she like kind of evolves into like the cool, sensible girl where like she's the only one out of everybody there who thought, hmm, how much money do we have? Do you know where you're going to stay? And then like, later on she's the only one of course who knows how to fix a car and it's like you have all these different characters just kind of like looking to her yeah i mean i mean you know and i guess her i mean well yeah obviously she learned that from her dad dad. yeah and and i mean i i guess it's assumed that she was pretty sheltered from a young age i mean her dad latched onto her hard Mm -hmm. when when the mom left uh kim cattrall Her and Dan Aykroyd, especially Dan Aykroyd, like how did they get like mixed up? Well, for me, I remember the first time when I watched this movie being really shocked that Kim Cattrall was in the movie. For like three minutes. See, that's the thing. She was in it for three minutes. And I'm thinking like, this is her while she's filming for Sex and the City. So you need to tell me she left that production to say like Lucy 20 times on screen. Oh my, yes. I, I forgot to put that in my notes. Like how much she says Lucy, like at least 10 times in that scene. Can I uh, ask you why you're here, Lucy? And why was that, Lucy? I'm pretty sure Britney's character points that out. She's like, why do you keep saying Lucy? Lucy, Lucy, I have to tell you Lucy. Lucy. (laughs) Oh my God, I can't. Why do you keep saying my name like that? When I was listening to the How Did This Get Made podcast, they were saying that they must have filmed an actual scene where I'm she tells sure. Britney, like, I left you because X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Because right. there's no way she would just leave that production to film that one scene. I agree completely. Yeah, that, that scene felt really cut. It was just like, oh, girl, what what's happening here? I don't think we'll ever get a director's cut of this movie, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe let's somewhere start, start in, like... for one, so it's happened before. Maybe we need to get, like, the Lambs, like, on the Britney Spears fan side, <laughs> and they could, like, rally for that. Justice for Kim Cattrall's cutscene in, <laughs> in Crossroads. Lucy. We keep referencing this podcast, and I think you guys should, if there's a way for you to find this particular episode of How Did This Get Made, where they talk about Crossroads, I think it would be like a good complimentary listen to this one. Yes. But they brought up the idea of like the virgin whore complex mm-hmm. so i think that'd be like in, an interesting conversation for us to have for like a minute or so yeah <laughs> right now because like especially you as a britney fan do you feel like her persona kind of played into into that idea definitely 
Absolutely, it did. Because I was thinking, like, when they brought that up in the podcast, I was reflecting back, at least even in the the previous two eras that Britney had done before she did this movie. Like, I think about, like, the Oops, I Did It Again music video, where she's, like, in the schoolgirl's outfit doing, like, the sexy choreo number. And then even the fact that while she was making this movie, she was still, like, pretty young. She was only, like, 19, 20 years old at the time. And then they gave her, like, a, a love interest that's, like, I think Anson Malk was, like, 28 at the time when they filmed this movie i don't mean to correct you but actually uh baby one more time was the schoolgirl. oh yes baby well yeah you're you're absolutely correct so so many tidbits i could tell you about you know britney spears from my childhood no, go ahead go ahead a different friend other than kyle we were over at his house and that video came on and his mom like came in the room and the part where she's like, I'm not that innocent. Right. She's like, she's not innocent. <laughs> <laughs> Disney Channel back in the day. They used to play the music videos. They, they used to do that. Yeah. And they would always cut out that line. <gasps> I'm not that innocent. Really? Uh, yeah. Like wow. it, it would just be Britney going like, mm, yeah, like that. <laughs> and I asked my sister, who's three older than me. I'm like, why do they do that? And she's just bluntly like, because she sounds like a hoe. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just so bluntly. Wow. <laughs> Five, six-year-old me definitely did not know that that was happening. But I remember those videos still being played on Disney Channel. Like, I remember they used to do Britney, right. Sync had music videos, Destiny's Child. They did Genie in a Bottle, where they changed them to, instead of gotta rub me the right way, gotta treat me the right way, honey. Wow. <laughs> Even Christina Aguilera had to go on MTV and clear that up, where she was like, it doesn't mean sexual. It just means, like, treat me right. Oh! <laughs> I remember that interview. Wow. Dang, that's crazy. I think it's interesting when you look at the young girls of that era, like the Britneys and the Christinas and the Jessica Simpsons and the, the Mandy Moores. Like, just when you kind of think about the way that they were being marketed at the time. Yeah. They had to kind of toe the line between playing into, like, that innocent sweet girl, but also being, like, mature. We know what we're singing and talking about. Right. I was on YouTube for some reason, I fell into like a random Mandy Moore interview tunnel. And I was watching this interview that Mandy Moore had done in 2000. And she was like 16 at the time. And it was a late night talk show appearance. I forget who the host was, but the, the host was kind of, I felt bad for her because she's 16. And I, I'm assuming at this point she had made like a lot of money because in the interview she talks about how, yeah, I just got my driver's license and I bought a BMW. And then the audience is like, oh, blah. and then the, the host kind of like starts to belittle her a bit. Big splurge. Yeah. yeah. So you didn't really, growing up, you didn't buy a lot of Barbie dolls. You just... <laughs> 
you know. And then at the same time, he's like kind of being like gross, trying to be a bit suggestive. And at one point, too, he like brings up the other girls. You also, they tell me that you don't, uh, unlike some of the other young ladies, you don't use S-E-X too much in your music. You don't try to. Well, I mean, I try and be myself when I'm 16 and I'm not. Right. I don't know. That's not really something that's apparent in my Because life some of the other girls have been criticized for doing, you know, being too sexy too early, right? But I mean, they're 18, 19 and 20. Yeah. Oh, OK. I, I mean, but. Okay. Honestly, it may not seem like a big difference, but I mean, right. between 16 and 20. That's a that's, big difference, well, believe it's me. It's a lot of maturing yeah. and growing up, especially during those years, right. so. It's just interesting to, to go back and look at those interviews. Because I was so young at the time. I remember this era, but I don't think I was old enough to understand kind of like the political social dynamics that were at play watching these like young girls trying to navigate like that virgin whore dichotomy i guess if we call it that right it's actually kind of sad when you look back on it because it is it's like exploitative yeah it really is i mean you can see what what it's done to, i mean Brittany especially i mean that's there's a lot of issues with her i believe yeah in general what do you think about breast implants just in general well, I think if that's what you want to do and it, that would make you happy, then I see nothing wrong with it. But I've not, I haven't done that. But um, I think it's sad that people, you know, think I've done that because that makes them want to go out. And, you know, some of the fans that look up to me, they either think bad of me or they may want to go out and do that. But that's not my fault because the press started that. But exactly. um, if you want to do that, that's fine. But I personally wouldn't do that. So what's your second scene? My second scene is so that this really this great segue into what I was going to say, the uh, karaoke scene at the bar in New Orleans. Oh, of course. Iconic. OK, and let's talk about Mimi. <laughs> let's talk about Mimi. Let's okay. talk about Mimi. <laughs> um, first of all, her getting shamed for being pregnant. Oh, my God. Was uncomfortable. What's up, Mimi? How's the fetus? How was the response to that in like 2002? Do you remember? I don't remember. Mm. I don't remember, honestly. I mean, it just rewatching it, it really made me uncomfortable. I mean, it's not even, it's not like she was 14. I mean, she, they, she was 18. Right. She was an adult. I mean, and, you know, for them to just, you know, yell like she's pregnant on, you know, on stage. Oh my shit. God. Yeah. That was so sad. She's barely showing. <laughs> So she, she, she's the one who allegedly wants to be a musician. <laughs> yeah. They're the ones going to L.A. for this contest that she is entering, you know, and she gets really bad uh, stage fright. Mm -hmm. Like she, you know, just chokes up that fast. Right. And then Britney's character has to, like, save the day again. <laughs> and again, you mentioned you know, the different, like, the dichotomy and contradictions of Lucy's character right she's up on stage and like you know working the pole practically <laughs> yeah, like lucy where did you learn how to do that did you do the the pole in your dad's garage when the cars were yeah, she was doing that <laughs> while like jamming to some madonna in the <laughs> right yeah oh that, that scene too oh man open your heart to late we we have all done that before yeah if not madonna somebody else yeah there's always that one that brings it out in all of us yes um but what were your thoughts about that performance was like young Stefan like get it britney <laughs> uh, yeah i mean i suppose that was my reaction yeah you know what i will say 
It's interesting that for a movie more or less set up as like a vehicle, like in this case, like a literal vehicle, but it was set up as a diva vehicle of some sorts for, for Britney. It took us a while to get that first sort of musical right. number from her. I mean, unless you count the uh, Madonna one or when they do uh, Bye 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 in the car. Oh my gosh, that was such a meta moment. Zoe Saldana kind of steals that show. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she finishes the lyric. Right. I wonder how like young Britney Justin shippers of the day reacted to that scene. Yeah. Well, in a way that kind of actually segues to my next scene. It's like a general scene in that I love all the scenes of them just like singing in the car along to the radio. Those were fun. That makes me want to go on a road trip, honestly, with when you see moments like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Unadulterated joy. Yeah, that's 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 the keyword there. For me, I felt like those scenes in particular felt so felt so natural. Yes. I don't know if these girls became like close friends while they were filming, but when I was watching those scenes, like it was very believable to me that they had good friendship chemistry. Definitely. I love making the movie, but I've had more fun making my friends, you know, making friends with Zoe and Taryn and Anson. They've just been wonderful. The moment like me and Brittany just shook hands. I was like, we only shook hands on the first day. Then the second day, it was always like a hug and a kiss and everything. We just clicked, all three of us. Happy, we just ended up talking all the time and hanging and and answered too is awesome. We all just kind of fit right in. You can tell that they had a lot of fun making the film. You can see that chemistry. To be honest with you, I have never had such a good time. It was really sad when it, when we came to the end of the shoot. And I don't know, maybe as well, if this is like, maybe because like I'm a girl living in Southern California, we drive a lot here. Yeah. So those particular scenes felt so like relatable and familiar to me. Some of my favorite, most memorable moments with my friends are literally of just us driving around, singing along to the radio. <laughs> Let's go, go. <laughs> what was your um, favorite song that they like sung along to on the radio? I would say a tie between uh, I Feel Like a Woman and If It Makes You Happy. Yes, Stefan, yes, same. Exactly same. Same, same, same. If it makes you happy. Those were my two favorite songs that they jammed to on the radio as well. Right. Because they looked like they were just having so much fun. I was just like, yes. And I guess, okay, to tie into the theme of, of Crossroads, like when you think about the idea of 
like driving Mm -hmm. that's kind of for a lot of people their first real moments of like independence is being able to drive on your own and drive your friends and I guess that in a way fits into the theme like that sequence yeah it was nice I love it okay so what's your next scene my third scene and I think this is kind of where we we pick the same one maybe so just like the general end okay the end and again we're gonna tie i guess with like the twist the so- so-called twist yeah. if you want to call it that yes. which i don't know how i didn't see that coming from a mile away when i was you know a teenager and saw this for the first time just how kit and mimi got so shafted <laughs> So Lucy basically could thrive. I mean, Lucy won the contest and... Lucy got the guy. Yeah, and got the guy and Mimi lost her baby. They said I lost the baby. Lost it. Like it was my keys or something. You know, Lucy got everything. (laughs) Kind of almost at their expense. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah. yeah, that is an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, wow. I never realized that because Lucy, well, does she win the contest or she gets to participate in the contest? I guess maybe she never won, but it seemed like even if she didn't, you know, she was going to get like an assigned or something like that. Right. I guess she, yeah, it's never, it never is revealed if she wins the contest. Well, I guess that's an interesting segue into like a little side note in that at least according to the How Did This Get Made podcast, they were talking about how Brittany originally wanted to play the Taryn Manning role, but then she wasn't allowed to. I've never found any other confirmation of that. Yeah, I was trying to look up some stuff too, so I don't know where they got that, but... It definitely does make sense, I mean, because how she was a musician... She was the musician and the reason why they left. So, I mean, going back to what we were talking about earlier, it just seems like they were making Lucy, Britney's character, be so many different kinds of people to then, like, also kind of shoehorn, like, last minute, like, well, not last minute. Like, I guess they set it up in the beginning. Like, she really wants to pursue singing aside from, like, becoming a doctor. Right. But it just felt so, like... Like, added in. Yeah, added in. The girls, like, each of their intentions to go West Coast, they were all so different. Like, Zoe Zaldano wanted to see her fiancé, which, what the hell, you're engaged? <laughs> a, yeah, at, at a senior in high school, I'm like, yeah, really? I. Yeah. What do you mean you're not coming home for the summer? Dylan, we have to plan the wedding. Mimi wanted to participate in the recording contract contest. Slide Wreckers recording contest? So? So I'm going on Sunday. You're going to California to audition for a record company. Yeah? You're pregnant. And then Britney's character, Lucy, didn't even want to go to California. She just wanted to go to Arizona. Yeah. To meet the mom. So. I I wanted to find my mom to see her again. Did you ever find her? No, she lives in Arizona, and my pop, he doesn't think it's a good idea. How was she going to get home? I guess when they picked her up on the way back. Yeah, I don't, well, they, they never really think that far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would not want to spend that much time with some, I mean, maybe. I don't know if you hit it off, but clearly they did not. So, <laughs> And like, it's so funny how cold the mom is. Yes, I know. Like, it's, like, sad, but also, like, kind of funny at the same time. Right. Again, why we needed more of that scene. Yeah, exactly. Someone someone reached out to Kim Cattrall and, like, you know, get that. Or or whoever. It was Shonda Rhimes, whoever. (laughs) Reach out and get the details of that. Yeah, maybe we could ask Shonda. Maybe Shonda has, like, 
a draft of yes. crossroads of all these like cutout scenes. Because speaking of cutout scenes, I love that in the beginning of the movie, they build us up to what's her name? Lucy going to give this valedictorian speech and then we never watch her give the valedictorian speech yes it's just like what (laughs) are you gonna talk about uh the blue bottle oh yeah yeah let's talk about the blue bottle (laughs) the nostalgia chick review like i remember just ripped i god i wish that still existed and they just like ripped this apart so much what did what did she say do you remember? Just about like he's the only guy who drinks out of a blue bottle. Who drinks a blue. <laughs> but to be fair, it was not just the uh, the bot. I mean, it was the way that Mimi was acting. That's true. Around in the situation, and kid, I just put, I guess, just put it together. Uh, it's like, oh crap, the the blue. Whoa, yeah, okay. I mean, it was not just the blue bottle, but still. Right. Because she was kind of like not really even like looking at him. Yes. It was just funny, though, because it was like all these like pieces of the puzzle like coming together in that exact moment. And and when they revealed that, you could see the look on like Kit gave kind of a look like I think she knew or suspected. Her fiance has always been like an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Because like when they were when they were out on the on the terror or the veranda or whatever at the hotel. Right. She like Kit kind of has like a look when she finds that out. That's true. It was Dylan, wasn't it? <laughs> I, it was you. You were the guy at Christmas, wasn't it? It was him, huh? Wait, what are you, what are you, what are you talking about here? What is this? That night when you came over, you had that rib in your shirt. That was the night that he... Kid, what, what, what is your problem here? Can I have to go? No, Mimi, come back here. Mimi, come back. I want him to admit it. And we also have to talk about, too, how this all culminates to Mimi falling down the stairs and dramatically dropping the little globe keychain. <laughs> and was she like, and there were no keys on it, unless, like, unless did she not attach it? Yeah, I don't know. But she just like had that with her. <laughs> yeah, and it was like in her hands. And can we talk about the punch, the kit, how loud that punch was? <laughs> it was like action movie. Wow. Hold on, all right? You're getting yourself all worked up here over nothing, kitty cat. My name is not kitty cat. <sighs> I am not your pet. Oh. Do you have any other scenes that you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, not really. Okay, well, I guess we could end it on this scene. It, it kind of comes a little bit before yours, but it's that I'm not a girl, not yet a woman scene. Not the one that she performs at the very end, but it's when... The poem. Yeah, it's when Ben like notices oh. that Lucy keeps writing in like her notebook and he's like, hey. Okay, what are you always writing in there? Poems mostly. Can I hear one? Okay. And then later when they're at that hotel, Ben's like, oh, um, I have a surprise for you. And then the surprise is that he came up with the melody for her poem and he starts to play the melody on the piano. And then we get Brittany starting to hum and it just throws my soul. <laughs> when I realize 
not a girl. I just really appreciated like the the Britney humming and vocals there. Mm-hmm. I was thinking back on like the previous diva movies that we've covered, and I feel like I personally have a tendency to choose at least one scene where it's the diva getting to perform in some way because I think it's just for for us the audience like it's fun to see them kind of like do the thing we know them to do absolutely and I felt like in that moment I was like oh it's Britney it's Britney bitch (laughs) oh and it's Britney bitch by the way that's um that's a different era that's a later era yeah (laughs) very important to differentiate But I also just want to say, too, after they, like, do their little acoustic version of Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman, I love when they kiss and then right after they show Britney's face and she does not look pleased. Yeah, I... Her reaction to the kiss is so funny. And it's another comparison to Glitter. Because <laughs> Glitter had that, too. <laughs> God, were they... Were they really trying to copy at them? <laughs> well, at least like, I don't know, at least like Britney and her guys, they would at least like sit close next to each other. Like in Glitter, Mariah was a foot away from her guy, like at all times. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, oh, Crossroads. And I guess the song, I'm Not a Girl, Not Yet a Woman, also fits with the the theme of Crossroads as well. Yeah. These young girls like leaving their teens, but they're still figuring out adulthood in a way before we move on to the other segments what was your favorite song from crossroads the only well the only two original are i'm not a girl not yet a woman and then overprotected right which is played during the credits uh i mean i'll admit i do like i'm not a girl not yet a woman oh would that be your like favorite yeah i I do like that song a lot of people say britney spears uh slow songs are bad but i like that song yeah i feel like of the britney ballads that's kind of like one of her like more iconic ones yeah i'm not a girl guess I would say like my favorite Britney song in this movie is Overprotected which is a bit of a reach because it's an ending credit song it's not it's like one off of like the actual album right I forgot that that was the credit song and when it started I was like oh this is it <laughs> and that also fits with the theme of the movie I mean her character was yeah over yeah Dan Aykroyd you overprotected her <laughs> yeah <laughs> say hello to the girl that I now, let's move on to our next segment, Popcorn and Pop Stars. This is a segment where we talk about where the diva was at this particular moment in her career and why she did the movie. So, Stefan, I feel like you're going to be like expert over here. Sure. 
So you could take the reins on this one. Where was Britney at in her career when she made Crossroads? So this was about, well, I mean, when it was made versus when it was released. Right. It was first announced in uh, early 2001 and was fast tracked pretty quickly. Somehow it managed to have a filming. It took them six months to film it, Mm -hmm. which what were they doing? Well, wasn't she like um, making the album while doing the movie? Yeah, 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 I, I would assume. So it was, yeah, six months and like less than six months before she released Britney. And then right before that was I'm a Slave for You. Mm. I know I may be young, but I've got feelings too. Let's talk about that and that. Yeah. And again, this whole contradiction of like the virgin whore and you're doing this image the video i'm a slave for you where she's like riding this guy and basically what is unofficially going to become an orgy yeah i'm using my mom's words i remember when she saw this video she's riding that guy and sorry mom but yeah and yeah and it's just kind of that contradiction and then this movie she's like so prim and proper Mm. i don't know but then i'm not a girl not yet a woman came out for this movie and again contradicted it so i mean i feel like she was kind of trying to break away from that image kind of trying to have like the best of both worlds and then she also like during the britney era too that's when she does her mtv vma performance Mm -hmm. with a snake right and that's like still iconic like that's one of mtv's most iconic performances to this day I didn't know there was like controversy over that performance too that like PETA got mad and they were saying that the animals were being mistreated oh of course they would oh this was also the era too when she was doing like her Pepsi commercials turn me up I can feel the joy all around generation has And Pepsi is very prominently featured in the movie. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I remember really enjoying those Pepsi commercials when I was younger. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I would say her Pepsi commercials are like some of the best. Mm-hmm. I also didn't know that she was nominated for two Grammys for Britney, the self-titled album. Doesn't surprise me. She was nominated for Best Pop Vocal Album and then Best Female Pop Vocal Performance for Overprotected. Mm-hmm. So this era too also gave us the Dream Within a Dream tour. Mm-hmm. Did you go to that tour, Stefan? I did not. I have never seen Britney Spears <gasps> perform. I know. Oh my gosh. I, Kyle and I wanted to go so bad. I think we did actually mention it to my mom and we thought it was like too expensive or something like that. And back in 2016, there was a Christmas tour that was going on. And like half of it had the, the headliner was, and it was like Halsey and a bunch of other artists. And there was a big headliner and we got the Backstreet Boys and Kyle and I did go to this one, which I mean, you know, you know how big of a Backstreet Boys stand. Right. I, 
them, uh, which was still great. But the other half was Britney Spears, which would have been great to eventually see her. And I'm worried now with everything going on, if she'll ever perform again. So Right. Dang. Fun fact, I didn't know that in Forbes 2002, they ranked Britney the world's most powerful celebrity. That makes sense. I guess I have a question for you would be, why do you think Britney did this movie? I mean, obviously it was to, you know, further her career. And she claimed she wanted to make a movie about female friendships and empowerment and thought it was a good career choice. First meeting that Shonda and I had with Brit, she very specifically said, I don't want a movie that talks down to my peers. And I don't want a movie that tries to teach a lesson, but I also want a movie that means something. There was, you know, Mariah Carey had already begun filming Glitter. So I think she wanted to piggyback off of that. Right. I mean, it was only natural. It was going to happen eventually. It's not like, uh, from Ju- so from Justin to Kelly, Kelly Clarkson, when asked, this was her response, two words, contractually obligated. <laughs> <laughs> so why, why she made that movie? I didn't want to win because I knew that you had to make that movie. <laughs> Do you think this is like potentially true that she came up with the concept and story before Shonda Rhimes like, came into the picture. I told them a concept of what I wanted for the movie to be about, you know? And they took that idea and they ran with it. Before I met Britney, I had a lot of preconceived notions about sort of what a Britney Spears movie would be. And then I met Britney and I spent some time with her and she's so smart. And she's not sort of just what you see in her videos, which is great in itself, but I think she has a lot more depth and a lot more to show. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, especially considering, you know, she supposedly was supposed to play Mimi. Yeah, see, that's a thing that makes it make sense. Yeah, and then they, like, you know, vetoed that pretty quickly. Like, nope, that's not on par with your image. Right. It's funny if they could have looked ahead, you know, a few years in the future. It's like, well, it's not too far from her actual future. Right. (laughs) Would you consider this era to be peak Britney? Uh, hmm. I think peak Britney might have been her comeback with, you know, circus. Oh, really? That's what you would consider to be peak Britney. I mean, she had Womanizer and then right after that, uh, Three, off of the Greatest Hits album a year later. Those two and Baby One More Time are only three number one hits in the Billboard wow. Hot 100. I mean, yeah, I would I would say in terms of like her, her as a brand, yeah, this is probably peak Britney. I mean, peak Britney was maybe uh, Oops, I Did It Again to this, this point. Who is it? Mrs. Potts, dear. I thought you might like a spot of tea. We can move on now to spill the Technicolor tea. Mm-hmm. It's like nice to have a little tea party every once in a while. So this is a segment where we talk about any potential like gossip, behind the scenes drama that was happening around this time. So I feel like, Stefan, you have a lot of tea. <laughs> I mean, there's not not as much as you may think. Mm-hmm. Anson Mount was convinced to take this role by Robert De Niro, who apparently was kind of at least he thought Britney Spears was cute and charming and he practiced lines with him on the set of a city by the sea which is like really funny to picture like Robert De Niro reading Britney Spears lines I have from this article from Teen Vogue it's called like 20 things you never knew about crossroads I guess Britney was anything but a diva on set everyone says she was really nice to work with and she only had two requests request number one was edamame and tuna lunchables as snacks and then request number two was that she wanted to be picked up 30 minutes early so she could go to Starbucks that's sweet what a simple simple girl (laughs) she's not just talented 
She's also a great person. I don't even feel like she's Britney Spears at all. You know, she's just like this nice girl, a sweet soul in the world. I have here from an Entertainment Weekly article from 2002 that Anson Mount liked to play this like prank on Britney. I guess I'll read directly here from the article. It says, ever wonder what it's like to kiss Britney Spears? Quite nice, says actor Anson Mount, who locks lips with the pop princess in her film debut, Crossroads. I could tell you what I told my fraternity brothers, Mount teases, but I'd get in big trouble. <laughs> Scandalous. Was a kissing scene with Britney Spears difficult? That's your question? No. <laughs> I know. And then he says, after we kissed a couple times, I took a big spoonful of minced garlic and washed it around my mouth real good. He recalls, when we did the scene, Britt amazingly kept a straight face. After they yelled cut, I asked her, did you even taste that? And she goes, oh, sweetie, I just didn't want to hurt your feelings. What a class act. <laughs> I know. That's Southern That's southern charm, Southern politeness of Brittany. It went, and it wasn't the scene where she like recall, like looked uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that's the scene. Maybe that's why she made the face. Yeah. So this like the this most intimate moment of the movie and I'm sitting there and it's like complete silence and I'm singing I'm not a girl then all of a sudden I sit down I'm supposed to kiss him and he's got garlic in his mouth I could have killed him seriously and when she was done like she like turned and was like oh my god you guys he just you know and finally I was like please go brush your teeth this is disgusting please yeah it was uh, it was pretty nasty I guess okay so Justin and Britney were still together during this time, right? Uh, I think because they, I think they broke up after she filmed Crossroads. I'm on a uh, Wikipedia right now. Spears' relationship with Justin Timberlake ended after three years. Uh, in December 2002, Timberlake released the song "Crammy River" as a second single from his solo debut album. The music video featured a Spears lookalike and fueled the rumors that she had been unfaithful to him. As a response, Spears wrote the ballad every time. Oh, I didn't. Did not know that did not know that was a response. So I guess this that all happened after Crossroads then. That's and that's later than I thought. I thought it was like two thousand one. Yeah, I didn't realize that they were together for three years. I didn't realize it went that long. Not surprising. Do you believe that Britney cheated on Justin? Um I'm not I'm not gonna say. I don't really <laughs> Either way, so I'm not I'm not afraid of getting you know sued or anything. Right, right, right. Well, I guess okay. The alleged story is that Britney was cheating on Justin with Wade Robson, uh-huh. and Wade Robson was like a really popular choreographer of the day. He was working with stars like Britney and and Sync, and that name might also be familiar with some of you because this is the guy who is alleging Michael Jackson sexually molested him as a child, but he was cheating on his girlfriend, Brandy Jackson, who was Michael Jackson's niece mm. with Britney. There's like a little like interview I could put in of Brandy talking about that. So in hindsight, yes, there was a lot of deception and lies. I did not know that at the time. Okay. With the pop star. That too. Oops, yes. I did it again. And, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oops, I did it that again. The, the, for those who don't know, Wade was alleged, I just say alleged for legal reasons, yes. to have had an affair with Britney Spears while she was with Justin Timberlake and while he was with Brandy. Yes. Right? So we're pretty accurate on that? That is an accurate okay. statement. Again, alleged. Alleged. But that's an accurate that's alleged. That's an alleged, alleged accurate, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Wow. And I just didn't want to believe it. And I was so supportive of him working with her. Yeah. I, you know, I encouraged him, just keep going. You've got this. The stuff that you're doing is great. I'm over here like like a little fool. It's like nice to have a little tea party every once in a while. Okay, well, Tinseltown Showdown. 
This is a segment where we talk about potential people who may have been up for the role. I couldn't find anything. Do you know of anyone who may have been in the movie, but then they decided for some reason not to not to do it? Or so other than how uh, Britney Spears wanted to play Mimi originally. I found on IMDb that Melissa Joan Hart auditioned for the role of Mimi. Oh, that's interesting. I can kind of see that. Yeah. Which is interesting, you know, because she was in that Drive Me Crazy. I miss those times. 9-11 ruined so much. Seriously. 90s movies had such a charm to them, like a lightheartedness. And Crossroads is kind of the tail end of that, I feel like. Mm. Wow, that is a that's an interesting theory. It was filmed, I mean, before completed before 9-11, of course. Now that I think about it, I don't know. I guess because like when 9-11 happened, I was like eight. So I didn't really have too much to to compare, but uh-huh. I guess for me it's kind of I don't know, it's kind of hard to uh, I don't know how to articulate this. It's 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 hard for me to imagine what it would have been like to watch those movies from that perspective because like I grew up in a 9-11 world. Does that make sense? Yeah. But um, I, I could definitely though like see your point though and see that there is like a bit of a, a change in the tones of the movies post 9-11. Like I feel like even if looking at the, the media now and I would even imagine in the midst of this coronavirus, like I just feel like everything is so like cynical and dark. Yeah. It's kind of hard to find like light and joy anymore in anything. There was a comment I remember on the, I think it was the, one of the YouTube videos they had for Candy by Mandy Moore. And it was like how like the nineties so carefree. And then someone commented the nineties equal sign when we were all happy and didn't even realize it. Oh my God. No way. I want to see the receipts. So let's move on to show me the receipts. Uh huh. This is a segment where we talk about stats about the movie. So what do you have? From a numbers perspective, the movie grossed 61.1 million worldwide on a $12 million budget. I'm kind of surprised it was that low. Yeah. I mean, I thought it would be at least a hundred million. And uh, yeah, it um, was nominated for many uh, Teen Choice Awards and MTV Movie Awards. I don't remember if it won anything, but it did sweep the Razzies. For nominations. <laughs> and Britney Spears won for Worst Actress and Worst Original Song, which, I mean, that was kind of like they had her on a target. Honestly, they always have the divas on a target. Like, anytime there's a diva movie, they will be nominated for a Razzie. And right now, Lindsay Lohan, bless her heart, no matter how hard she tries, always, like, if she isn't anything, she gets a Razzie nomination immediately. I know. If not, they'll, like, make up a category. Right. Well, they have here, the year Crossroads was nominated, they had, like, this most flatulent teen-targeted movie. (laughs) It was nominated for that. Yeah, it didn't win, which really surprises me. Well, for me, I have Rotten Tomatoes score, tomato meter, 14%, audience score, 39%. What is glitter? Like, seven of the audience scores, like, 50-something? The lambs are what's boosting up the audience score. (laughs) So... As a Britney fan, what do you think the impact of Crossroads is? It could be like on pop culture or just on Britney. Just what are your thoughts? Honestly, minimal. <laughs> I like that. And it's kind of like a surprise. I mean, oh, obviously it wasn't well received critically, mm-hmm. but you know, her career survived. I mean, it wasn't like a glitter fiasco, but yeah, it, it hasn't really even achieved like cult status like glitter has. Crossroads to me isn't like a horrible movie. It's just like kind of a movie that's just there. Yeah, it just like it's just it's just like an, an unremarkable 
movie. It's a nice like little flashback to have, like to see like Britney at her height, like just young and with it. Because nowadays I, I feel like when I look at Britney, I just like there's something about the look in her eyes where I just feel like she's not yeah. like, 100% there. Like no offense to the Britney fans, but I just like I, it's like out of concern. And it just like makes me feel sad for Britney. You know, no, definitely. I mean, that's, you know, everything she's been through. And now with, you know, her her dad being like the one to sign off on things. It's just a very unsettling dynamic. I feel like Britney Spears, everyone, you know, um, her fans have launched this free Britney campaign and they believe the fans do that she's being held in a mental facility against her will. We've spoken about this on Hot Topic. Britney responded by posting this video. Take a look. Hi guys, just checking in with all of you who are concerned about me, all is well. My family has been going through a lot of stress and anxiety lately, so I just need a time to deal. But don't worry, I'll be back very soon. It's so sad how in these families, how for child stars, and this is why so many of them grow up messed up, is because, you know, you never had a proper childhood. You were used mm -hmm. by your parent. I mean, she was an adult, but Whitney Houston, we right. saw what happened there, right. how... You know, the, you got used because everybody's making money off of you. Yeah. Because if you don't, if you seek help, you can't make money. And It's a really terrible, sad situation to see happen repeatedly with so many different people. And you look at like the, like, you know, Mandy Moore and Hillary Duff who kind of, you know, didn't have those experiences. Yeah, because I feel like when they were like young, the, the success wasn't as extreme as some of these other people. Right. But. In the long run, they actually benefited from that because they were able to, like, adjust to society in, like, a quote-unquote normal right. way. Right. I guess to end on a more positive note with Crossroads, it, I guess as a movie, like, fit what was popular at the time, you know, like, the teen chick flick diva vehicle feels very nostalgic in that way. It, like, feels very, like, early 2000s, which is always, like, fun. and Yeah, the, um, the fisherman hat. Yeah, like the fashion. That is so early 2000s right there. Right. Yeah. I guess outside of Britney, like Shonda Rhimes, <laughs> it's interesting to see how like this fits in with like her body of work. And it was one of the first screenplays she wrote. And I guess I didn't realize this, but after she wrote Crossroads, her next credit was Princess Diaries 2. And that kind of fits with the whole mm -hmm. chick flick genre. And I feel like even in this movie, you could already see like the Shonda Rhimes isms. Yeah. Like the very like dramatic <laughs> plot points. Absolutely. That that came through in the screenplay. But yeah, Crossroads, Brittany, that, that happened. <laughs> and, you know, random chapter on her career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just a fun thing for her to say like, yeah, I did a movie. Coming soon to theaters. And now we've come to coming attractions. So as always, we're going to be playing a little clip from the movie that we're going to be covering next week. Let's see if you can figure this one out. Doesn't matter anymore. anymore. No. <laughs> Just go with it. We got it. Broken smile. No. Okay, I have a good I have a good question to end on for you. What's your favorite Britney Spears song? It doesn't have to be like in this era. Uh probably uh You Drive Me Crazy, the remix.
much wraps it up for this episode. Stefan, I'm so happy you were able to join me on this Britney Crossroads extravaganza since you're a huge Britney stan so how'd you feel about the the podcast it was a lot of fun i've wanted to do this for a long time as you know and uh i'd love to be back thank you for having me see i'm so happy you were finally able to do a podcast i know i'm you know it's was worth the wait i'm I'm glad i hope i hope we can do this again soon yeah for sure for sure so to wrap things up as always if you're interested in following the podcast on instagram and twitter we're at diva dailies pod you can also email us diva dailies pod at gmail.com and you can even leave us a voicemail giving us all of your thoughts about any particular diva movie we've covered or any diva related thoughts really it's 714-729-3121 and if you leave us a voicemail we might just play your message on a future episode of diva dailies additionally if you haven't already please give us a rating and review on itunes if you're listening in the apple podcast app or if you can't leave us a review at least follow us wherever you're listening to this And yeah, special thanks to Stefan for joining me on this episode of Diva Dailies. I hope you guys are staying safe and sane and inside during this crazy epidemic time. And as always, remember divas. So the thing is, a diva has to be good at what she does. 